of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Isn't that just a wonderful start to a gospel? Now, I'm a little biased. My favorite gospel of them all is Mark. And I just love to, to read the story of Jesus as he tells it in a quick fashion. The shortest of all the gospels. The gospel of Mark moves along. It gets to the point. And Jesus, the life of Jesus that it tells is, is just filled of miracles and casting out demons and restoring God's people. Then we have the cross and the invitation to follow in the way of Christ. and The resurrection. And again, it invites us to go back to the beginning to read again and anew the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We can use a little good news, can't we? These past few months, I've been talking about the news and how the struggle of the things that we're bombarded with each day, the content of the news, of struggle on a national, a global level. And then the news that doesn't get in print, but the content of our own lives that are faced with struggles, health concerns in our lives and in our family's life, struggles and, and things that just, boy, if things could only be better. Not only is the content not all that good, but the news and the way in which we receive that news is broken. We live in a time of great divisiveness when people choose which news they want to hear and which sources they want to believe. And it has created all sorts of turmoil in our country, in our families, among our friends. How many folks have been unfriended on Facebook because of what news they share? And so, how do we begin this story of Jesus anew? This story of good news. How does it take root in our lives at the start of this church year? Look to John the Baptist. We look to the way that Mark starts his gospel for some clues. And how might this help us as we try to sort through the truth, the lies, the deceptions? How do we get through all of that? Mark begins with turning to the prophets and turning to the hope and the yearning that we find in Scripture a yearning for God to come and to make things right. A yearning for God to enter into our lives and into the space of this time and this place with restoration and healing, bringing people together and building community that lives out the resurrection. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness. 
And we hear wilderness as those who live in Minnesota. We might think of those really nice spaces up north, right? Where we have those beautiful trees, not so many people, and the lakes that are hidden. Wilderness is a place we might choose to go because we get away from things there. And we can breathe the fresh, pine-scented air without having to light a candle. But wilderness in Scripture was a far different place. Wilderness in Scripture was a place apart from where things happened. Wilderness was a dry place, a place without much water, a place where people were tried and tested. It was not a place you would choose to go out to. And yet that's where John the Baptist goes and says, in this place of bad news, in this place of struggle, we're going to make way for God to come. For John the Baptist knew the truth. That the gospel, the good news, is good news because Jesus goes to the very places that no one else would wind up being. And Jesus goes and shares God's love and God's grace with people who, well, we don't think they even deserve such things. The love, the grace of God in Christ goes into the wilderness. And that's precisely where in the very next verse, after I stop today, and the, the, the scripture reading, the very next verse, we hear that Jesus appears in the wilderness. So we go to the place where life is hard. And struggled where the news is bad and the ways that we receive the news is even worse. And we wait. We wait with a hope that yearns for God because God appears in such places. And that hope yearns for God to come and create a new space in our hearts and in this world. John the baptizer talks about being humble. And this is important. We approach the holy spaces and times in life. We approach those moments of healing and restoration with great humility. Because it's only through humility that we recognize that we can't fix it on our own. It's only in humility that we recognize that we are not the center of the universe. And that our desires and needs are not the most important thing to be thinking about in this world. Humility approaches with a posture that says, God, I am here and I am open. Come, Lord Jesus into my life and make it filled with your good news. The prophet invites a humility and then the good news begins. It begins in our hearts. 
It begins in the places that we live each day. The beginning of the good news of Jesus in the waters of our baptism, we were joined to God's story. We were connected to the source of all life and healing and restoration and resurrection. The good news of Advent is that as we focus on the life of Jesus, as we hear and tell the story of God's grace and forgiveness, of God's love for all people, there is the opportunity for us to let that news sink deep inside. And not only be inside of us, but move our hands and our feet, our hearts and our minds to create in us something new. Something that will follow Jesus. Something that will respond right now in the midst of this wilderness of deceit and lies and bad news and even worse news carriers. We are invited to live out the gift of our baptism in ways that bring about hope, not only in our lives, but in the lives of our family, our friends, the strangers, those who are hurting and outside in the wilderness today. So people of God, the beginning of the good news is that God is present in our lives. Let us allow that good news to come forth through us in what we say and what we do. Thanks be to God for that wonderful opportunity. An Advent chance to follow Christ. Amen.